always get you a couch cushion. Yeah. Or there's on bed. I've... Yeah. Yeah, there's a corner. <laughs> I shall recline. Okay, take us in. Oh, we've already started. Oh, good. <laughs> I know, but you didn't I, introduce us. I know, that's, I know. I always do this. So I have something at the beginning. Hi. All right. Uh, welcome to me and my parents, some extra people, and Liam Neeson. That's not what it's called. No, it's not called that, but we have more guest stars today. I so this is the podcast where we're watching through all the movies of Liam Neeson and we're looking specifically at how much peril he's in and I think we finally found one where he's got a lot of that. Uh, roll call. I'm Daniel. I'm Patrick. I'm Carrie. I'm the other Carrie. Wait a minute, this is confusing. <laughs> and I'm Nathan. The well, hold on. Let's go by your last names then. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, they have the same last name. I'm Carrie. <laughs> I'm Carrie Bleece, and this is. Carrie, please. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, glad we got that cleared up. And we're not going by middle names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although right. I think her middle name is cuter than mine. Okay. I, mean, I could be Carrie Joe. That works. Okay. I'm not going to be Carrie Lou. No. <laughs> no. no you Carrie Lou who? You were no more than two. You first people. Not doing it. All right. So, <laughs> to get this one checked off the list, yeah. we watched Taken. Which is, uh, for those of you who uh, actually look at the icon for the podcast, is I've stylized the image for the podcast off of the font and design choice of this film. Oh, nice. So I, I kind of figured that was the landmark action uh, Liam Neeson movie to go for. I, I We've talked about this a little bit when we did our Ponyo episode because it came out in the same year and also features Liam Neeson's daughter being taken from him and him going through some fiery hoops to get her back. Which is kind of weird. Mm. However, he does it in a much more different way in this in this movie. His daughter is a little different too. Yeah. So Wait, uh, she's not a fish in this movie. Oddly enough, no. I think they're oh, both. I think they're both. I think they're both virgins, though. Okay. They were both virgins. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So it's okay. Uh, this is not a, like a family friendly okay. podcast. No, because we're getting better at taking notes and preparing things. We uh, we have continued to have. Other things that are important about this movie, other actors or other uh, films that came out around this time. Trivia. Uh, since we've talked about 2008 before, I figured just listing off movies was not the way we should go. So I made sure to have up actual Wikipedia stats of interesting things about movies this year. Wait, because Wikipedia is a valid source. I mean, it's fine because we're not in college anymore. It can be a valid source again. Touche. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire was the is the latest film... Uh, to win Best Picture without any acting nominations at all. Mm. That, that got Best Picture. Uh, Sean Penn uh, was the ninth person to win Best Lead Actor twice. Uh, Heath Ledger is the was the second person to win a posthumous acting Oscar. First was Peter Finch for The Network. Uh, Wally tied Beauty and the Beast as the most nominated animated film in Oscar history. Wally is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Slumdog Mil- Millionaire, I... Uh, just took the show that year. That was a great film. Uh, Benjamin Button Even had the most nominations. Dark Knight and Milk were in there. Uh, let's see, where's he at? Wally was in there. It was a really good year. Mm-hmm. It was a good year for film. And this one, it's a fine movie. I don't think it was going to compete. No, Probably. Yeah, it, it has a very strong storyline, but then as far as you know, that heart-wrenching, Oscar-worthy quality to it. This wasn't an Oscar-bait movie, as no. sometimes are. No, but you know what does it? What the, the long and short of it is? It's a father and his love for his daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the guts that's of strong. the movie. And, then, that's, and that's, a that's a strong concept. motivation. Absolutely. Absolutely. For, yeah. for a movie. Yeah. It's just not one that critics are going to go for. Yeah. So well, you're making, they're making it for a different. And audience. the Oscars, it's well, some other actors. Well, some, go yeah, for? well, sometimes you do make. What was the Leonardo DiCaprio one where he finally got his Oscar? The, uh, the Revenant. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That one is that one did feel kind of Oscar baity. 
<laughs> but then, of course, that film has some significant more conceptual things in it, where then the story, it's not just the story itself. Yeah. You kind of get into some more caricatures of humanity in yeah. that film, where then it ends up digging a little bit deeper, instead yeah. of kind of staying on that surface level of really beautiful father-daughter. Yeah. Whereas this one is pretty linear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I jot down some notes about other people who did think of this film. Director Pierre Morel basically has done nothing. Uh, but not, he did this well. He did, he did this mm-hmm. well. And uh, this I, and uh, during the credits, I was paying attention. There's a lot of uh, French production. And I do believe that this film was not intended to be a big hit. And then when it was, they got bigger names. And so this guy didn't direct number two or number three. Uh, Maggie Grace plays the daughter. Uh, her big breakout uh, role was in Lost. She was in there for some of the seasons. I don't think she was in there for all of it. But she did, like, uh, bit parts on TV shows up until then. Uh, she was uh, played a character in a couple of the Twilight movies. She's oh. currently in Fear the Walking Dead, which is the spinoff of that show. So that's a big deal. Uh, Famke Jensen is in here, another Bond girl, except not, because she's the other side of the Bond girl spectrum. She's the Bond bad guy. Okay, what mm-hmm. was she in this film? Uh, she was the mom. The mom? Yeah, mm-hmm. Famke Jensen. I just thought she was a bitch. Yeah, uh, yeah. She plays oh, it. Oh, sorry, put she, that right she out plays there. It, well, she, in, and in, it was a, I think Go- she played it believably. Yeah, well, no, in, yes. Go- in GoldenEye, she, she plays the uh, evil Russian lady that chokes people out and seems to get off on it. So, you know... Hands. With her legs? Yeah, well, that's what you guys were talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. I was totally being mom, getting <laughs> ready for Thanksgiving, and thought, yeah. you guys, I didn't know what you are talking about. Uh, John Grease <laughs> is in here for a little bit, and we're only bringing him up because we really like the movie Real Genius, and he's in that movie. I love that movie. And the writer, uh, Luc Besson, or Besson, he's maybe French, I don't know. Besson. Uh, he wrote all of the Transporter movies, which are fine. He wrote... All of the Taken movies and the TV show, which does not have Liam Neeson in it. We're not watching that. No, we're not. He also wrote Fifth Element and Leon the Professional, which are both very good movies. Mm-hmm. Out of my... Uh, all all of similar genre. All of fairly similar genre. Yeah. With, and all with fairly big name actors doing a lead action role. Mm-hmm. Do you suppose that this is this genre? Is this writer's um, reality? Oeuvre, maybe? No. This has been his reality, so this is what he knows, so this yeah. is what he writes? He wrote, uh, last year, Valerian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote that one, too. Oh, which I would imagine, I haven't seen that one, but I imagine the subject material ends up kind of following a similar path. I mean, it's in space, so it's more the fifth element and less taken, but mm-hmm. yes. It's also, that was also based off of a book, so he did, he was just ad- adapting. Mm-hmm. Oh, doing the script. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, I, on to the action. Mm-hmm. No, I thought this was going to be I thought this was going to be a gut-wrenching movie for me. I had not seen it prior mm-hmm. to today and the whole premise of a child being taken from a away from a, you know, family situation just made me nervous as yeah. a mother. We didn't just actually write down what was our zero to Neeson on this one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Wasn't it like right away? How, oh. how how soon he appears in the film? Um yeah, what was, it was, what was the it opening? The, scene? the opening oh, was the the, um, the video. Home video. Oh yeah, the home video. Which and he was presumably his which, character was, was the one taking the video. Yeah. Yes. Presumably he was dreaming it because then he awoke and yeah. he saw him. So then yeah, zero to Neeson in uh, in thirty seconds. However long no. it took them to get through the yeah. opening credits, the thirty seconds, yeah, something like that. Right away, right away in the film. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a waiter for like seven minutes like we've had before. Great mid-century modern lamps in that apartment. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> He's very clearly living simple means. He's living in a, an apartment and he's not updating it. No. We, we fairly no. soon realize that he is separated from his wife. And he's living, he's living the bachelor life. And she is living the married a rich guy life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the, he and, should, and the daughter lives with the mother. Yeah, and because he shows up and he's being the biological father and being very adorable about it. Mm-hmm. And then the rich father shows up and is being the cool dad. And no, brings, he's just the dad with the money. Brings her mm-hmm. a horse. Mm-hmm. Like every little girl wants for her 17th birthday. A, a pony. pony. That was no pony, though. That no, was that, no was a, that was a horse. That was a <laughs> yeah. straight up horse. That, that's that from Doctor Carey says right. so. All right, <laughs> <laughs> ask the horse doctor about the horse questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so and uh, there was a little, the little bit of character moment of how careful he is. They take the time to show him folding the wrapping paper along the corners of this karaoke machine he buys, which take, adds an extra whole, what, like five seconds to the film? Or but it's a too. nice little character bit that doesn't require any explanation. Absolutely. And a one a his, very good call director-wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of his bachelor friends calls him... Mr. Attention to Detail. Mr. Attention to Detail. Which is the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. That was for the people who didn't pay attention to yeah, the earlier scene. Yeah. Where you have to tell them that he has attention to detail. <laughs> but we paid attention. Yeah. So we get we a win. We get yeah. a win. So he's got his old spook buddies. No, they're when... just from work. Well, his it's work. It's like the old game. Yeah, but his, yeah, but his work was being a government spook. So. <laughs> I don't think he was a spook. He was well, a preventer. He was yeah. A... Preventer. And sure. very interesting yeah. choice of invisible. words. Yeah. Because that's very vague. And I'm sure if you have a government contract, they're not going to give you any vague inference I mean, of what you're supposed to I mean, we could call doing. up our people that work for the government and ask them what it says on their business card. Oh, okay. <laughs> our brothers tend to have senior specific senior job Senior preventer. That's yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that your brothers that have federal jobs have business cards. No, I think it's okay, the, okay, I, I mean, just the cousin. That. Very fair. We aren't going to put no. that out on the internet, though. No. For sure. <laughs> what? What their job titles are? Yeah. Certainly not. No. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, you'll never know. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, he gets... Uh, offered to work with these former buddies as security for some tweeny pop star. Bleh. Well, she's not tweeny. She's le- under not 25. 25. But, but I'm she sure her probably sings for tweens. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, she sings for tweens. Yeah. So it's bad. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. What I, I did wonder, alright, what's the significance of that task? It's for it, the end of the movie. It connects him, well, it connects him to his buddies and I think what it does is it introduces us to his skill set. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. somebody comes after the singer and he kind of takes him out with little or no effort. Yeah. The guy has a knife. Liam Neeson has hands. Hands are victorious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson wins. Yeah. Easily. And this yeah. also this then the singer who was being kind of aloof to him before about, oh, your daughter wants to be a singer. Tell her to find a different career is now being all of a sudden very nice to him. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. Got and that game. and you end. wonder why. Yeah. But that's I, okay. You no, know. you don't. You know we need it for the end of the well, movie. Well, this wasn't even Chekhov's singer. It didn't become useful to the plot at the during the climax, because that's usually what uh, Act 1 foreshadowing will do, mm-hmm. is it'll be useful at the end. And that never really happened with anything here. 
Never really was very useful at the end, except to close well, off. No, nothing was. Yeah. It tied it up in a, with a bow. It did. And and it did, and I really appreciate that in the things I write, because I really like the beginning to be important to the end, but I like it to be important to the end, not just, hey, hey, remember that? Yeah. yeah. It's here again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Well, but not everybody's <laughs> but you. I would, yeah, no, I would no. say it was a very, it was a very apt application of uh, establishing his character not just as a very skilled uh performer of the more intense elements of the film, but then producing his characterization as the biological father that listens and actually pays attention to what his child is interested in. Yeah. To where that's that is really the drive that, that brings him to the to the point of actually going out and performing the tasks that he does throughout mm-hmm. the film. Yeah. So then it's something where yeah, it's a it's a little bit cheese, but then at the same time it's it's really important in order to cement his characterization so that when he starts going off the rails and really making a mess of things, that you understand why. And when you go back to his actions even outside of his skill set, his actions are still pointed in that right direction. Mm -hmm. Which I think that was, it's a very good writing choice. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we have to start having action happen for real is the daughter goes, wants to go to France and needs parental permission. Which he eventually gives on the ba- on the grounds that he is as overprotective as he can be from a distance, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the next few minutes, we realize that his daughter is pulling his leg, or her friend is pulling both of their legs, and, and they so are the and they are going so to go be as unsafe as possible mm-hmm. in France and all over Europe because they're going on a YouTube or a YouTube. Uh, uh, who was it? It was YouTube. It was YouTube. It was a YouTube tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. hey, cheers to YouTube for yeah. allowing themselves to be referenced. Yeah, they film. got their album yeah. downloaded on everyone's phones too. No, they, yeah, they got a good licensing fee for yeah. having themselves in the film. Yeah. Good honor. So. I so you know that goes about as well as you'd expect from an action movie with Liam Neeson in it. I and we start to see him be very. He kind of switches into cold calculated mode. For the first time, which he will do again. When did he do that? When he uh, was ha- when he had her sit under the bed and oh, like wow. they're going to take you. Here's what you need to do. Oh yeah, not it's not like you know the standard parent thing. Oh, no. every it'll be it's fine. You know, okay. cover the no. Yeah. He was in business mode right yeah, away. Yeah, he went right into business mode, mm-hmm. which there was still emotion in his face, but he was he uh, was able to do his job as it were, and his job was, honey, they're going to take you. You need to help me out so I can come find you later. Mm-hmm. Which sucks, mm-hmm. and then stuff starts happening in fairly rapid succession. Mm-hmm. Well, something that stood out to me is that even before the actual danger reared its head, as soon as he started uncovering those elements of dishonesty or you know the plan for these girls going on vacation, he was already in a very uh, standoffish, but also you know, keeping his eyes open and trying to get as much information as he could. The sensitive awareness mode. Absolutely. So then yeah. when something actually went down, it, it was very unfortunate, but he wasn't necessarily surprised because in his line of work, he had seen all kinds of stuff like it before. Yeah. So then that was very much something that, that lent to his focus when the time came. That was very cool. So they very easily find out through old buddies that the daughter is going to be uh, basically used as a prostitute, and this upsets the mother quite a lot, as you would imagine. And what 
that's not every mother's dream. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and Liam Neeson is, of course, very serious about all of this. But, you know, you can tell that he cares, but he's very good at get, having his game face on. So he gets to France, and he uh, goes to where her apartment is with a shopping bag with baguettes in it, because he's in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you have to realize that earlier on when he was interacting with his buddies, trying to get information about how to deal with this problem, mm-hmm. and who is who, and get in the background, they identify the 96-hour deadline. Yeah. So if you don't find her in 96 hours, she's gone. Yeah. So he's moving very quickly. So he's he's on a deadline yeah. for the most of the movie. But the movie doesn't last 96 hours. No, it does not. No. Thankfully. No, we're not going to watch Insomnia. Yeah. There is a movie that's like three days long. Yeah. Oh. He got to France pretty quickly. He got to oh. France pretty quickly. <laughs> on a private jet. That's on a private jet. On, mm-hmm. on which he is replaying the audio recording of the bad guy talking to him on the phone. Over and over again. So that he can always remember it and, you know, game face and probably giving himself need for trauma later, you know, oh, things like that. Well, no, it's, it's the, it is cementing in his mind what that sounds like mm-hmm. and really what he's dealing with just so that when he happens upon the guy, he doesn't have to really think about it too hard. He can just hear the voice and know. Yeah. Muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which the cinematography for both that scene and then, of course, the scene to which I am referring later on in the film, the cinematography regarding that and his, you know, the mental connections being made, that was a very cool set of shots that they edited together in order to make that uh, you don't remember seem it. as immediate mm-hmm. as it would be if it was just you making that immediate connection. Yeah. That was very, very impressive. Uh, he finds her smashed phone, gets pictures off of it, goes to a subway phone terminal, <laughs> and does CSI Miami to her photos. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Zoom and enhance. I want to do that downtown St. Paul. And it works. And so he sees this guy. and A reflection. A reflection of this guy. Of this guy that he's, he's, like, he's literally zoomed and enhanced. And then the next scene is him finding this guy at the airport and like starting to punch his ribs in. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, of course, he doesn't get any valuable information because before that, before he can, the guy runs off. Jumps off, jump, a, bridge. Jumps off a bridge. Jumps off a bridge. Gets hit by a truck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dies. Yeah. So now we've lost this. No, now you have no good link and no good yeah. lead. And so we're screwed. So he ends up having to track down an old contact from his time doing government things, this French dude <laughs> with a French name. His name is Jean-Claude. Of course it is. He has baguettes eventually. He does get baguettes eventually as well. Uh, but this guy works behind a desk now, so he doesn't know how much he can help. But he tells him that it's Albanians. So then he goes to... And he finds out where he can yeah. go find... The likely place yeah. to go start finding the Albanians. Yeah, which is soliciting prostitutes mm-hmm. that work for them. Well, they weren't soliciting So he doesn't solicit a prostitute. Ma- they were wrangling. Yeah. He hires a translator. Yeah. And goes, then... Pretends to solicit a prostitute. Puts a bug on the Albanian... Puts a because... bug on the Albanian pimp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then listens in and has the translator tell him what the Albanian pimp is saying. Then he goes to where they're talking about, buys time with a girl, finds... It, it's a lot of things. This is when explosions and gunfire start happening, and we realize that he's from America. And uh, the peril meter... The peril meter goes way now up. Now becomes... This is the standard. Yeah. Yeah. It has now entered the non-zero... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The location. non-zero realm. Very yes. definitely yeah. non-zero. Uh, well, it entered the non-zero realm when a guy pulled him out of the cab at the airport yeah. and started Oh, being yes. Up. Absolutely. So it was non-zero back then. Which, here. of course, that is... That I, would, I, I mean, think it was non-zero when he, when he beat up the guy who was going to kill the singer. 
with the knife. Uh, no, because that was. I would say that is. Yeah. That's just line of work where the peril is more on the singer's part during that. Yeah. Scene. That's true. Um, it was minimal peril. But then what uh-huh. I would say, as far as uh, as a fight is concerned, if you're getting yanked out of a car, what was it by his feet or by the, like the by back of his feet. jacket? Okay, if you're getting yanked out of a car like that and getting dropped onto the ground, basically onto your back, that is a hardcore defensive position to be starting from. So then, just from a one-on-one fight, that's going to be super perilous to start with. Absolutely. That, I would say that was... That was the start of the peril. But yeah. You think about fights way more than I do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. So anyway, where are we? We're at the uh, the construction no, site. There, there's a Did lot of... There? There's a bit of like interstitial stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the next major thing that happens is when he goes to where the Albanians are holed up. That's the next major thing that happens. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he that shows, was a key scene. Because he shows up and he pretends to be working for the French government. French government, mm-hmm. and he is the least French-sounding person what I've was ever heard. French friends' role it was head of security it, something you know, like a security head, national internal, security guy, internal department or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh he's, my goodness! Oh, he now pretends I just to made be that him. connection because yeah. then, yeah, his friend that he goes and visits and gets information from works with basically internal affairs with the French gov. Yeah, mm. they, they're the guys that help get to help turn a blind eye and who to talk to. Uh-huh. So he goes in there, being as unfrench as possible, and starts negotiating new terms for looking the other way and doing a very good job with the Albanians. Surprisingly, he is yeah. really good at being a jackass. Which, of course, uh, if if the aim is to maintain a peaceful decorum between criminals and the crooked police department, then you're not really going to start a fight with a police officer because then the hammer's, of course, going to come down. So then they're really... The criminals are approaching it from a place of decorum, trying to solve it quietly, where then it's it's a pretty good cover, honestly. Mm -hmm. And a nice thing he does, because he has to get to the end before he can start killing everybody. Uh, (laughs) he He starts by having little bits of interest in their language. Like asking them what they call sugar for his coffee that they get. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he says, oh, somebody gave me this. Can you translate it for me? Showing a little more interest in the language. Mm-hmm. And then he and says... And they kind of snicker. And they're like, hey. And like, it says, good luck. And that was the thing he said on the phone. If any of you listening have ever, you know, seen the Liam Neeson memes, uh, you'll know that his particular set of skills line is a very popular thing. And the response is, good luck. And they don't think anything of it. And then he says, you don't remember me. We talked on the phone. I said, I, I told you I'd find you. And then he kills everyone. Uh, well, <laughs> something that's very interesting in that scene as far as the... He uses less than of... one bullet per person. He's very efficient. Oh, yeah. For, by all means. Something that really stood out in that scene is that the the guy who he's really after, the guy that mm-hmm. he asks that in, in the end and as that the tension is building, that's the guy who doesn't say anything to him. And the guy kind of allows the rest of the crew in the room to do the talking. Yeah. yeah. Where and then, where then they're really covering for him and trying to make it as if Liam Neeson's character is crazy. Oh no, you're you're look you're looking in all the wrong places. And then he changes the subject and gets them talking about the negotiation, yeah. digging deeper into this cover of being a police informant. And then by the time he gets to the point where it's going to be comfortable for him to breach that and to really make the call on who's the man he's looking for. He knows to single out this guy that's been kind of avoiding eye contact or not really saying too much. Mm-hmm. But that's that's just, that's killer investigative work, and it pays off for real. 
So he wrecks everybody except the guy in charge. Yeah, that, that, and then did. and then we switch to him having this guy tied to a metal chair and hooked up to the power grid, and gives him the electric chair to torture him because he wants information. And talking about how you know some places don't have good power, and then you have to resort to other torture methods, and it just didn't work. But this country's got great power. I could turn this and leave it on all day. You want to talk now? Mm. Uh, yeah. And eventually the guy gives up a name, and he says, all right, thank you for the information. It won't save you. Turns the power on and leaves. Oof! So, it you know. screams in the background. Yeah. And then we switch to the French buddy coming back home with his baguette. <laughs> because, and, of course, oh, he has to. But who's at his house? Oh, it's Liam Neeson. He is there. Visiting his wife. Yeah. And, well, and, the lovely little wife. Children. The little children. And so he's like, all right, little children, go to bed. <laughs> Get my gun. Uh, and they come back and have a very short, very tense conversation about uh, corruption in the government, uh, which appears to be a surprise to this French wife, uh, who sees her husband draw a gun and then tell her to shut up and then gets and then, shot in the and arm. Then pulls, and, then, and then the husband pulls the trigger... But for some reason, the gun doesn't go off because, of course, he took the bullets out. The guy with all the skills took the bullets out of yeah. the gun before he. And then he pulls out his own gun and shoots the wife in the arm mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, if somebody comes over to dinner and shoots me in the arm, you are in big trouble. You better give yeah. up the answers, then, pops. Yeah. <laughs> so he gives up the answers, says, "Apologize to your, say sorry to your wife for me," and knocks the guy out, and mm-hmm. then leaves. Which, which, frankly, from my limited experience of. Getting the, getting those perfect nerves just tapped in my training sessions, I would never suggest that anyone try that at home, let alone try it with the butt of a pistol. That just mm. is more fun than I think anyone is trying to have. Yeah, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Tune in next week for our new podcast, Things That Are Dense and You Shouldn't Hit People With. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing that? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I, n- like we've now we escalated do. past prostitution. Uh, so that, that was the point at which... I had seen the really great scene, and I could go wash dishes for a while. Yeah. Because the rest of it was just going to be shoot him up, bang him up, action, chase around. Yeah. Well, we have, we oh, have to have the part the where, of the selling of the virgins. Right. Mm-hmm. I did come back for that. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, does contain a nice little funny bit where he's snuck downstairs, and a butler guy walks up and says, may I help you, sir? And the very next scene is Liam Neeson doing the butler's job, and we presume that the butler is in a closet somewhere. <laughs> oh, Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, w- I will make a note. There were a whole lot of really excellent non-lethal takedowns in this movie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was going for this stealthy route. And yes, he was noticed a few times, but when he, he, he worked quickly. Yeah. So he finds out his daughter's being sold, forces a guy to buy her, and then gets knocked out. But as don't you think that as a dad, is he, was he happy that his daughter was being sold as a virgin? No. Well, I mean... Well, <laughs> hey, I would say okay. it probably uh, made her easier to find. That's true. But, anyway. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That was just my mom yeah. thought. Maybe uh, a minuscule moment. So, I don't think he thought about it a whole lot. No. Mm-hmm. So you, you get to the point where they take him out, they take him down, and he gets knocked out. Yeah. After he has forced this guy to buy his daughter. Yeah. Because he moved too quickly. Yeah, right. Because he moved too quickly. Yeah, he, he was, he was, he he was so close. Yep. That, that's, that's the thing that but is... It's a very legitimate story. We get to the maximum in the parameter. The when max of his personal right. peril as a character. His oh, yeah, personal yeah, yeah, yeah. peril as a character. He's handcuffed with his arms over his head, hanging over a pipe. Yeah. And basically with 
with, oh, with yeah. minimal with oh, yeah. minimal action, with the belt. he is he they are going to kill him, mm-hmm. and he's being choked. Yeah. And you're kind of at the point where yeah. this guy's pretty clearly yeah. going to die. Then a series of misfortunes happens to the bad guys. Oh yes, it, it's <laughs> very much... accidental and on purpose. <laughs> Man, it, yeah, it makes me think of 1960s James Bond uh, plot mechanics. It was good. Oh yeah. yeah, it's it's beautiful, and you you swear you should hear the horns just hitting, bam, bam, like in mm-hmm. old Batman. I was say, that's Batman, not James. Yeah, of, of just <laughs> oh, of wah, how that's fortunate that's that these thing. things should all come all to, all come together so that Liam Neeson can get the heck out of this terrible situation. See, he does have a badass one liner, but it's very serious. Mm. Not James Bond because the guy who is being all you know like. Oh, it's just business. Mm, kill him. Mm-hmm. Is shot a couple times in the elevator, and he says it was just business. It wasn't personal. He goes, "It was always personal to me," and then kills him. Like that's a fine, snappy comeback, but it's not a witty comeback. But then the elevator, ding, yeah. Then we then, we, then we have the comedy bit. That's good. Mm-hmm. Of everyone freaking out of the dead guy. Uh, then he that's tries because they're drunk yeah. at a party. Then he tries to chase a car on foot, and it goes about as well as you'd expect. Well, it it goes than, good enough. It was better than I expected. It went better than we expected, but he does not catch up to the car. Well, then he has to chase a boat. Then he chases a boat, but now he has the car he was chasing because he knocked out the guy there with one hit. Yeah. Because... Took he, the car that he had been chasing on foot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chased the boat with a car. Yeah. <gasps> that lived in the house that Jack built? And then eventually catches up to the boat while driving yeah. the wrong way on a one-way for a very long way. Very which, fast. Which, honestly, that, that I would say would probably add to the peril... Oh, Simply yeah. because he like he doesn't have any time to find a road that's going the other direction. It's very and dangerous. Yeah, it's probably the most dangerous thing to do, not just in fiction, but also in the fact of trying to pull that off. Got to make sure all your stunt drivers are all on the same page in order to pull that off without significantly probably wrecking your car budget. It's probably dangerous to to create to do the acting. And it would be significantly dangerous to be in a real situation like that. Indeed. So, right. at any rate, yeah, uh, he catches up to the boat. He manages to catch up to the boat. Gets out of the car. Yeah, no, he, uh, yeah, he overtakes the boat so that he can get up onto a bridge and, and, and jump proceed on the boat. down onto the boat. Which then begins the another lovely string of non-lethal takedowns. It he, has was a few, a lot he has a few lethal takedowns. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think they could very likely be lethal. But oh, yeah, that's right. Um, the quietly. subtitles did say that there was a neck snap on that first one. Yeah. yeah. So then he is, he is noticed right away from the, yeah. the guard up on the deck of the boat, which then, of course, you, you know, give him one good hit and then just break his neck and he'll be, you know, oh, yeah. he'll be okay. Yeah. The subtitles said neck snap? Yeah. yeah. It was like a, it was a, a nice little... It was a, it was a descriptive sound. Yep. It didn't say pop? No. Uh, the Foley artist needs something to do. No, they're That's, using uh-huh. Mortal Kombat physics. A couple of bro- a broken mm-hmm. neck is no- nothing to worry about. You just yeah. stand right back up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, if this culminates in a knife fight, uh, yeah. also we learn that they that has been sold to a uh, Saudi Arabian sheik who is, I, I described him as Saudi Arabian Bacchus because he's reclined on a couch wearing a purple robe, and he's fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, of course he would. Yeah. <laughs> great great casting choice. You. Nice and stereotypical. Yeah. And you. the guy who we, uh, we end up having the knife fight with uh, tells the sheik that uh, this is uh, the girl's father has come to save her because he told him that earlier. 
So the knife fight occurs, and the knife fight's pretty serious. There's some badass music in here for a bit. Just mm-hmm. a little bit. It wasn't a lot. And then he goes to where the sheik is, and the sheik's got a knife to his daughter's throat. And he's got a gun pointed at it, at him. And he starts saying, we can negotiate, and then he shoots him in the head. Which, and that, then she says no. Nego- that is a negotiation. Yeah. Frankly. Uh, aggressive negotiations, I believe they call it. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's really negotiation. negotiations were short. We already watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that one. Yeah, no, you didn't. I <laughs> uh, And then everything is fine. Needless to say, the daughter and the father are now together, and it wraps she up has been quickly. saved. It wraps up really and quickly. they end up getting off the plane in America and seeing the mom and the father, the she stepfather. She not traumatized by it at all. No. Yeah, she doesn't have any PTSD. She has no trauma. She needs no therapy. Yeah. It, it's just and then they idea. And then they take her over to the singer's sing. house for some singing lesson. lessons, and then the movie is over. Poof! And we got pushed off a cliff. We did a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it, I recall the new Rambo movie they made, which I have seen, and I recall it having a similar abrupt oh. ending. That movie was yeah. eighty minutes long, by the way. Rambo. Was this no one is ninety-two mm-hmm. plus credits. Kaboom! But well, movie over it quickly. That's yes. all right. As a movie goes, like this is not my. This is nowhere near the top of my action movie list. Uh, I don't like action. Movies. Well, I know you don't. <laughs> I think that you know the uh, the storytelling and I, as far as my my take being stunt coordination, I, I was very impressed and and I I just like watching it for that sort of thing. You like that technical, but of course, aspect. yeah, it wouldn't be the top yeah. of the line for me. I right. would look at something with a lot it's more not a, like a variation in the. Ver- it's not a variety. bad movie. It, yeah. it 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 sets out to do a thing and it does it. Oh yeah, it does very it. good in describing it as linear. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very linear. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of backstory, not a lot of side stories nope. going on, anything like that. It's like, this guy's on a mission, this is what we're doing for yeah. this movie. And mm-hmm. every new thing Get that he it. discovers isn't a side plot thing, it's a different way of him approaching the same problem. Yeah. Right. About, the only, about the only kind of side plots, and they're not even really side plots, but it's stuff like him discovering that his friend in France... Is, is a crooked, yeah, crooked cop, if you will. That's not like yeah, a... But it doesn't branch off to be its own thing. It's, he's a crooked cop, and that's the reason why I'm having problems right was, now. It was actually an important part of the story, and probably one of the coolest scenes is mm-hmm. the one where they're sitting there having dinner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? They didn't get to dinner. No, they didn't. No. They got I to shooting. they got to handing him the bottle of wine, and that's as far as they got. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a piece of chicken on his plate. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She tried to offer the carrots. Yeah. Well, but then, yeah, his no, response to that true. is, I've gotten to the bottom of it, and where yeah. he just launches right into it. Yeah, no, say, the way hey, is they're going, it's time to get down to Can business. you guys stop being gruff and badass, and Let's can we have dinner? dinner? And they go, no, gruff and badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do that today? Maybe. I don't think so. I thought that, I thought that was where we no. lived, you know. gruff yeah. and badass. <laughs> that's, that's what Thanksgiving's all about, yeah. damn it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Not really. Okay. We do have to give it a rating on the scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who have not been here before, mm-hmm. I, I can give you some uh, context of other things we've ranked. Yeah, because I would want to scale it so I'm not uh, so it's, being too We're nice. going 0 to 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ponyo was an 8. Really? Because he is in... The, oh, yeah. Similar concept. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, similar concept. Uh, Star was... Wars Episode 1... Did I put it on here? There it is. Was a 7. Mm-hmm. There was uh, The Haunting was a 6. It was yeah. kind of a thrilling movie. I uh, third person, which had a lot of stress, was a point five because there was no peril. 
Ah, it was just it was stress. Just stress. Mm-hmm. A lot of stress. Yeah. Stress is one thing. Peril's another. So for this one in particular, there's a lot of peril happening. Significant peril. I, it's not throughout. Like, there are p- points in this oh, movie mm-hmm. where, where there is... Wait, the, the, what? What's this? Now it's going to be if it's peril throughout the movie? Well, I'm going to say, like, you can't... A, a ten is problems are basically constant. Nice. All right. From and the time he gets to the airport in France and oh, yeah, challenges from, the dude... Oh, yeah. The peril is very high yeah. until he finds his daughter. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, the be, the beginning, it's just stress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, it's just stress. That's I would say if we're looking at the whole film, I would imagine it to be... Probably a 30-70 split of stress to peril. Yeah. Where then you've got... It's it's pretty dangerous for him to even be out there. But then you have got this underpinning of stress... Stresses throughout because the danger is... He, it's, he's not even worried about his danger. He's worried about the danger based, based on his daughter's experience. Yeah. And how much time he has to get her out of there. There's not only peril from the bad guys, the Albanians, mm-hmm. there's peril from the cops. Oh, yeah. Because he's going and making a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which they don't really describe in the movie except for his friend, mm-hmm. yeah. the cop, who points a gun at him and pulls the trigger. Yeah. But but you got to know that he's continually trying to avoid getting taken down by those guys. Oh, yes. And I'm sure, like, making the mess isn't, isn't his bent, but, you know, when you got to get the heck out of there, you... You gotta do what you can. You know, it was linear. He had one goal. Absolutely. Anything goes to get to that goal. So the goal didn't start until a decent way through the movie. Yeah. Like at the start of it, it was really difficult to see what the goals of the main characters were. Mm-hmm. True. Where are they going with it? Yeah. 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 But that part it's was about weird. relationships and stuff. You really don't want to wait that long into a movie for you to realize. It's not not just that, you know, okay, we don't need to have action in the first five minutes or I'm going to turn the movie off. Mm-hmm. We're not like that ADD. But we, we, do, we do need to have some kind of semblance of why we're watching the movie. True. I think it was the title of the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's cheating. Well, <laughs> they gave me the title. Yeah, okay, fair. How long into the remake of King Kong did it take for the King Kong to show up? Uh, I a long I, time. It took like an hour. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, a man. very long time. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, see? just, just This it, was not an hour. It wasn't an hour, but it's an ex- another example of taking too long to get to the point of the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it took too long. I, at least they made a story out of it, and there was character development. There was. Oh, so yeah. you got yeah. to know the characters a little bit before well, and we needed you got to see, the action. We needed to see the wife. And we needed to see the stepfather. There needed to be and some setup, And we needed setup, to yeah. see the lies that the mother was covering for the daughter. And, oh, yeah, because she knew. And we knew. needed to see all that stuff yeah. to get that backstory so that we felt a greater you, empathy yeah. for the Liam Neeson character. And once you, and we went, thought once you front-ended all of that, then you could do the linear story. Mm-hmm. Then, then it was mm-hmm. off Definitely. and yeah. running. Right. Exactly. Um, going back to yeah. trying, to, trying to find a rating for it, um, from my recollection of, of you know, Ponyo, if that's yeah. a relatively high rating for his peril, yeah. I don't recall that character necessarily having any threats on his life as a person. Not necessarily. There was so, threats to the cosmic balance that he was responsible for. Okay. Like in this that one, is significant. There were threats to him and to his cosmic balance, a.k.a. his daughter. Yeah. Uh, well, then, it seems to me that, you know, even having just one particular scene in the film where if he doesn't pull this off he is going to die 
that seems like it would lend itself to a higher rating, just like a higher yeah. than an eight. Yeah. Simply I, because I think this one has to be higher than Ponyo. Yeah, that's that's I'm, a mortal I'm danger. I'm thinking it's ten. It's really not a ten. It's not a ten. It's guys shooting guns at him. Yeah, but there's... he has a particular skill set, so he knows how to handle this. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a meme. And he and he did get <laughs> well. Okay, mom, consider consider this. Guy. He actually did get shot. Yeah, he did. Yeah. At, by the end of the film, he's been he's been Shalom. taken for a lift himself. To take it I have seen, I was washing <laughs> yeah. dishes. I have okay. seen movies that I would consider Sorry. a ten. Okay, so that, this is nine. I would I would give this then one a nine. Okay. So as the gymnastics again. judges, we have to make sure we leave room for the ten. We have yeah. <laughs> Sorry, better call it a nine. I'm with that. Yeah. yeah. Or I thought this was women's figure skating. Well, same thing. And there will be a judge that will call it a total ripoff. That it, it, this may have been a ten. Uh, t- tune in next week when we see Liam Neeson perform a triple lutz. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>